In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Does this man have discipline over his life, over his health, over his uh, spiritual life, over his parenting? Is this man disciplined? It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we we salute. salute. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, here with my brother from another mother, our co-host and producer of the Men in the Arena podcast, Dale Culver. What's going on today? I'm just hanging out with you, buddy. We can do some video and do some podcasting. Yep, yep. Thursdays are media days. So um, got a man law for me? Yeah, guys. I, I would say this. Be willing to look at your life or have a friend look at your life and speak into the areas that need work. Just like open that up. I know this can be hard because if your friend tells you, hey, you know what? You're kind of fat and I'm worried you're going to die. Can you accept that? Can you deal with it? Or you got an attitude, or the way you talk to your wife and kids is just not okay. Um, you got to be able to throw that out there and and work through it, man, and just deal with the truth. Well, there's a book called Leadership Is an Art by Max Dupree, and in it he said something really, really good. He said leaders are dealers in truth. In other words, he's talking about the most important thing as a leader is to assess the truth. Not to blow a smoke screen, not to make things look better than they are. I think politicians are great at that about blowing the smoke screen. Spoke about blowing a smoke screen, but but leaders are dealers in truth. That's our goal. Mm-hmm. And so, as men, we have to be willing to not only assess our own lives, but to allow others to assess our lives. To invite people in. I mean, King David said in Psalm one thirty nine, "Test me, O Lord." Test my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. We need to constantly be doing this. Right. And we and the hard part is we may have blind spots. We may have areas that we don't even notice. So we need guys that we trust to come up and say, hey, I, I see a blind spot. But guys don't typically do that. They just no. go, oh, my Dale, my buddy's... Or they just go, oh, my buddy's a butthole or my buddy's a fat guy or my buddy's a horrible husband or my buddy's a bad parent. They don't typically will call you out right? unless you ask them. I, I don't. At least that's what I've seen. So, and even then, they're worried about telling you the truth. Sometimes, most times, yeah, we have to be willing to walk in humility and receive instruction. And so, I want to get uh, back into our series on becoming your best version. This is part three in our equipping men in ten series. Again, going back, if guys haven't listened to the previous two, they really need to go back and listen to those. We're talking about putting together an assessment 
The assessment will have 40 questions or 40 statements. It should be live online. I'm going to say October, November for guys to check out. We will be coming out with a book in the next year or so that will have 200 statements. So it'll be a 20-chapter book. There will be 10 statements, assessing statements at the end of each chapter, and a man can get a point scale rating out of 1,000 points. And when they go to our website, they can actually evaluate their score based on the scores of other men's. They can also evaluate their score based on the scores of other men, and they can assess which of the five categories, protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. They can assess where they're strong and where they're weak, and then it will break them down based on the 20 qualifications within that. So a man can really go, wow, here's where I'm strong, here's where I'm weak, and then we have resources for men that they can pick up that'll help them grow in those areas. So this is monumental work in the making, but I do want to cover our last 10 of the, out of the 20 qualifications or assessing statements. Remember, the first 10 were just, I'm going to use the word only, servant, fidelity, reputable, hospitable, balanced, wise, teacher, moderation, selfless, and patient. The last 10 words, again, we're going through the Bible's pastoral epistles. The last 10 words, or the last 10, are starting with number 11. It, the Bible calls this not pugnacious. Mm. Not a word I use. Not a word I use. So basically, this is a person who tends to be abusive. This is a person who likes to pick fights. This is a person who could be a brawler or a bully. We don't see a lot of that person in adulthood, although we do see those people on social media. But the word I picked, the word art we picked to describe that word is the word tactful. Mm. Instead of just bull rushing a person, do you use tact in how you interact with people? Are you tactful, or do you just kind of come out and say it? And so if you're the kind of guy that just comes out and blows people up with your words and with your actions, you've got a problem. That's not a healthy way to live your life. And so mm-hmm. tactful is the word. Number 12 is the phrase, the Bible just uses this phrase, not contentious. Again, don't use that phrase that often. But this is the person who loves to dispute. They're contrarians. They will disagree just to see how you react. They're always looking for a way to kind of stir the pot. So unlike the pugnacious person who tends to be kind of abusive and and hurtful and and a, a, a bully, the contentious person is a lot more subversive, a lot more passive-aggressive. They are the person who wants to, they'll ask questions to see your answer with no other reason. Honestly, these people drive me crazy. I avoid these people. If I see a contentious person in the grocery store, I jump into the frozen food section and wait till they pass by. Mm-hmm. These people bother me. So the, the word to describe that person is the person that we're after is a peacemaker. Instead of being contentious, are you a peacemaker? Now, a peacekeeper never addresses the issues because they're trying to keep the peace. A peacemaker will get into some serious discussions. They will confront people because they're about peacemaking. They're unlike the contentious person that just wants to stir the pot. The peacemaker is about getting to the heart of the issue and resolving a a problem, right? Okay, so number 13 is the biblical word gentle, and in all of our wisdom, the word we chose is gentle. (laughs) Are you gentle? Will you hold your grandchild? Do you 
you know, will you change the diapers for your kids? You know what I'm saying? Basic stuff like that. Are you willing to hug and embrace your children? Are you willing to embrace your wife? Are you are you gentle with your words and are you gentle with your interactions? Number 14 is free from the love of money. Not free from money, free from the love of money. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil, not money itself. But the word we use to describe that is the word generous. A generous person is usually pretty free from the love of money. If you're a follower of Jesus, listen to this podcast. I want to know, is your are you taking money off the top, minimum of 10%, and giving that to kingdom causes you care about? Are you being generous with what God has given you, or are you hoarding it? Are you willing to give stuff out to people? Are your resources God's resources? Are you generous, or are you about earning money just for the sake of you having more stuff? Number 15 is managing his children and his home well. The key word we chose there is leader. Are you leading your family well? Do your kids comply? Do they honor you? Are, is your household in order? Does your wife willingly uh, submit to your leadership, go to church with you? Do your kids do these things? Do your kids have a good reputation in the community? Do you manage your—I had a guy tell me one time, Jim, you will never get fired as a pastor for what your kids do. You will get fired for how you respond to what your kids do. And so as men, that's important. Number 16 is well-respected among believers. So I'm actually going through this in my own personal Bible study time right now, and I just journaled this entry. And I think a lot of times pastors are completely anonymous in their communities. Now, they get up on church on Sunday and teach the Bible, and they tell their people to go out and reach the lost, but they are completely anonymous. I worked with a guy for almost a decade. He would get to the office at 6 in the morning, and he would stay in the office till 6 at night, and nobody knew him beyond the people in the church. And I just think that's super unhealthy, Mm. especially with these pastors who their messages go reach people. And I love pastors. I'm just saying uh, uh, we have to be really careful as Christian men to move beyond the church and to move in the community, that when we go out into the community, people know us and respect us. And the Bible is very clear here, respected among non-believers. Are you respected among non-believers, or are you locked into a holy huddle? Mm. Number 17 is loving what is good. And so the word that we've used to describe this in our assessment is the word goodness. I'm not using the word niceness, because to me, being nice is the enemy of good. To be nice is is actually, I think, a lot of times results in sin. When we're talking about goodness, we're talking about somebody who loves justice, who loves goodness, who will choose the high road. Uh, This man has the fruits of the Spirit embedded in him. He wants what is right. He wants to do what is right. He wants to pursue goodness. Number 18 is the word just. Uh, You know, since we're not living in the 1400s with King Arthur, uh, I'm using the word fair. A just man is a fair man. We live in a world that this participation world, this helicopter mom world, this bulldozer dad world, where it's all about our kids, our kids, our kids, that is not fair. That is not just. It needs. To, we need to be fair to all around and not to favor one over the other. You know, I've talked about this Black Lives Matter stuff going on, and I've had criticisms because uh, I believe all lives matter, and I believe we need to be fair to all people groups. I just saw a thing on the news recently that, that I don't watch anymore because they were boycotting any business not owned by a black person. Only do business a black person's business today. Wait, hold on. What about the Indians? What about the Hispanics? 
I mean, what about what about these people? What about the what about these people? You're just ignoring everybody for the blacks. Wrong, not fair and wrong. Mm-hmm. So a man is fair. Number nineteen is devout. Another word that we don't use that often, unless it's in spiritual circles. And so we actually decide to go with the word devout mm. because we think that there is a component that speaks to living a holy life, doing more than going to church, letting your faith impact every aspect of your life. A devout man is deeply committed to Jesus. It's more than being a quote-unquote Christian. It's a devoted man, a devoted to Jesus Christ. So we almost went with the word devoted, but devoted does not have a spiritual connotation. It, it, to me, it's a Livy Newton-John you know, hopelessly devoted to you from Greece. You know, so <laughs> uh, we went with devout. And the number twenty, the last word is the word self-controlled. And the word that we went with here is the word disciplined. Does this man have discipline over his life, over his uh, health, over his uh, spiritual life, over his parenting? Is this man disciplined? So those twenty qualifications, when we fit those within our five essentials. Give us an amazing, a once-in-a-generation assessment of what a man should be and should do to be his best version. Those 20 things are, again, servant, fidelity, reputable, hospitable, balanced, wise, teacher, moderation, selfless, patient, tactful, peacemaker, gentle, generous, leader, respected, goodness, and fair, devout, and disciplined. Take us home, Dale. Guys, time is running out, so make sure you get over to meninthearena.org and get your free copy of Guts and Manhood. And then after about a week from now, it'll probably uh, yeah, you'll have to purchase it. This is it. So get over there and do that, meninthearena.org. Until next time, fill the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty, grind it out, and be a man. Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. If you hunger to be your best version, join us with thousands of men from around the world in one of our Men in the Arena forums. Join the forums on either Facebook or on the website at meninthearena.org. While you're on our website, remember to pick up your free electronic version of Jim's bathroom book for men, The Field Guide. Thank you for listening to this episode of Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. Remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men's from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.